All right, welcome everybody to episode 16 of the podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle. Hello, Kyle. Oh, geez, that was coming in hot today. Uh, I'm the other co-host, David, and I'm going to turn my game down. So. And our special guest, guest of the week is uh, Lena. Lena, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm oh, doing pretty well. You put Lena's in the office the, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. the background. For those that can't see, she changed her background all of a sudden. It was really great. I see Stanley working back there. Yeah. Were you an office he's fan? Big office fan? Yeah, he's doing a crossword puzzle, clearly. About to take that. <laughs> I miss Creed. Creed was probably my favorite on that show. My favorite was Creed's um, blog that Ryan was trying to protect the world from his brain. And so he just basically opened a Word document on his computer and he's like it's pretty shocking even for the internet i want to read creed's blog <laughs> i want him to really write it somewhere someone is like picked up on that i bet it's i bet it's on blogspot somewhere oh, yes. sure it be. is all right well if anybody's joining us for the first time what moscow mules and upside is is where we just kind of have a drink with uh cybersecurity professionals and uh you know we just talk about things they're working on things they're doing whatever really just shoot the shit for an hour and meet new people, expand our networks, hang out for a little bit, and then uh, go our separate ways till maybe one day we can meet in person. Someday. 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 <laughs> I'm looking someday. forward to someday. I told Kyle earlier today I have some like very special beers and like drinks for someday. I'm looking forward to someday. What are your special beers? Oh, I can't tell you because then it wouldn't be you know a surprise anymore. I yes, use the word special instead of surprise. Now I'm going to say, I'm going to backtrack. <laughs> they're surprise drinks. Are they their top secret drinks? That's uh, kind of. He basically just hoards beers for like three years. And then he's like, today's the day. I got some basement dwellers. Basement that's dwellers. Some, some that's stuff cool. living in the cellar that's collecting some dust for sure. Mm-hmm. She said all of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's, uh, God, it's got some cobwebs on it. <laughs> Name your sex tape. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, coming in hot today. Yeah, yeah I mean, well. I'm I'm ready. So we we, we already see you uh, sipping on something. Why don't you tell us what you're sipping on? Um, I am currently drinking a French martini. It is my jam currently. So uh, for those of you who have not not had one, uh, not French martini is uh, Chambord vodka chicken. It's delicious. Chambord vodka and then just shake. Pineapple. Oh, pineapple juice and then shake. Shake. Yes, sir. I believe my internet was acting funky. How's that different than like a regular? A regular thing because I, I heard the word French and I don't know what the difference is between all the things. <laughs> it's the Chambord that makes it French. It's a raspberry liqueur. What if you use champagne? Would it be French too? It would, but it would be gross because champagne and vodka should not be shaken with pineapple juice and ingested deliberately unless it's on a bet. Unless someone's lost a bet. King's cup. Crappy bet to lose. That sounds that, that that actually sounds disgusting. Why would you want to <laughs> drink, sure David? That's the worst. <laughs> Time for a guy that never drinks liquor. Obviously, he's like, why don't you put champagne in it? I don't know. The only thing I put champagne in is orange juice. So this is, you told me this is your uh, your current jam. It's it's uh, 
is it martinis your, your go-to or do you, you know, or you bounce around whatever the flavor of the week? Um, you know, I've been on an alcoholic journey uh, since uh, COVID and quarantine has upped my drinking frequency during the week. Um, I found gin about a year ago and I've been trying all the gins. Um, so I have uh, a couple of favorite gins. There's actually a Hendrix Midsummer Solstice. That's like a limited release that I like a lot. And there's a Hendrix um, Orbium that's also limited limited release that when I smell it, reminds me of my high school boyfriend's cologne. Like smells vaguely of like CK1. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say it was, it's, it's gotta be either CK1 or Curve. There's there's yeah. one or, uh, or two uh, or, or, or Cool Water or whatever, right? <laughs> get Kyle throwing those suggestions out there. Yeah, yeah right? All these are all the colognes I wear in high school. So it vaguely smelled of that. I, regardless, I usually will uh, either just mix it with a twist of lime um, and some ice or um, I'll drink it with some ginger beer. So that's been my jam mm. for about a year. And then a month or two ago, I was drinking and Pinteresting, which is also how I discover food recipes. And I saw a picture of this and it looked good, so I tried it. And that's now my jam. Nice. I think Madison, David, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Madison a gin drinker? And she was talking about like she has this flavor episode, our first episode, really. She she was mentioned she was a gin lover, I think. It was like it was like proper French gin too, of like some sort, right? It was it was like flavored, flavored. it was like it was a, I don't know, grapefruit. I don't know. Um, I got to pull up the notes here. I haven't had gin in a long time. Do you have like a like a favorite gin that's not flavored? Do you have like a go-to yet that you've, you found that you enjoyed more than any of the others? Yes. So um, I'm a big fan of, and I did not know at the time that it's a local made gin, but uh, Builder's Gin is really delicious. And uh, it's just botanical as fuck. Like just all get it out. It, it's like drinking Christmas and I love it. Um, and then I found out after like my third bottle, I said to my, one of my fellow gin drinkers who lives in Chicago, like, you should try this. And, and she was like, no, I would love to, I can't get it here. It's not, it's, you know, it's not nationally distributed. And I turned the bottle over and look at it and it's manufactured in North Kansas city, which I live in Kansas. I had no idea that it was a local thing, but yeah, builder's gin is my jam. My most. It's, so when you were saying you uh, a local choice, that's out in Kansas city, you're in yes. like, which state of Kansas city? Uh, I am in Missouri. I'm in the okay. middle of Kansas City. Um, Kansas City, Kansas is a fraud. Uh, literally, <laughs> historically, if you look it up, the only reason Kansas City, Kansas exists is because back when like the railroads were like a huge part of why people came to Kansas City, um, straight up, they, they thought they could trick people into migrating to their side of state line by naming their city the same name as the city people were actually intending to immigrate to, which was Kansas City, Missouri. It's where all the stuff is. It's where the stadiums are. It's where downtown is. Um, Kansas City, Kansas is known for meth and meth. <laughs> End of list. <laughs> CK is a That's unfortunate. I learned, I learned something, though. I was expecting, yeah. like, another sort of Canadian beef, you know, east-west Canadian coasts from, uh, you know, yep. somebody. But turns out we're Pretty going to inner KC keeping it. Keeping it real, KC's. Two, two different cities, two different mayors, two different everythings. And um, another fun bit of history most people who aren't from the area have no reason to know is that Kansas and Missouri were on opposite sides during the Civil War, so we hate each other from, like, way back. Huh. Oh, my God. Didn't even know that. That, that um, is a fun fact right there. I would have never known. Oh, yeah, that's trivia. why uh, the KC 
PUMU uh, rivalry for many, many years was known as the border war. But the border wars were a real war. Like that was a thing that we now play out on a basketball court and on a football field. And then um, MU betrayed everything that anyone pretended to stand for once the SEC. So we don't even get to have the border wars anymore, although they've talked about bringing them back because people were like, sad panda. It was the only thing that I heard about. So oh, yeah. we've, well, we've bring had, them back. We've definitely had the same sort of thing here with like Pitt going to the, uh, the ACC and um, West Virginia going to the Big 12 for whatever reason, because that makes a lot of sense to me. So there's a lot of people that are super sad panda about the backyard brawl, as they call it this way, uh, not existing anymore. And, you know, that's, it's a huge thing when like, I guess your program is terrible. I don't know. And you're, you're looking forward to something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you, um, I would say, you know, they've got a, a decent basketball program, obviously, and a really good football program. And KU is the opposite of a really elite basketball program and their football program is a sad trombone sound. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's not real. Like, oh, they are definitely the womp womp of of you know what they could be. Yeah. You know, this might be a perfect time to work on my video editing skills and throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> I got the DJ horn buzzer on my phone. Does that count? I love. That's one of my go tos nowadays. I, I fire that one out every once in a while. Loving it. So, what are you sipping on? <laughs> Oh, I got a, so I went to the beer store, uh, as I, as I normally do, as one does that drinks beer. And I have found this beer from Platform Brewery out in Cleveland. This is called the Coconut Guava Jelly Donut. And we're going to throw oh, that one down. I'm not even sure if this is going to taste like anything. Uh, I love guava. Food. I love jelly donuts, but the combination of all that sounds kind of gross. Didn't they eat coconut too? I don't know. I'm going to find out. They, they told me at the beer store it has all the flavors uh, slowly. Like they all just kind of fizzle in and then, you know, it just kind of happens. So uh, I was expecting orange. But... As a devout office fan, that immediately makes me think of the, um, the coconut, the, the, the soft drink for, for homosexuals that <laughs> the warehouse guys won the lottery. That they went and started that business. And then James Spader takes a sip and he goes, Oh, it's the new coconut version. He goes, Oh, I missed original. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was awesome. I don't remember that because I didn't like James Spader in that show at all. He, he made me kind of sad, but I guess Will Ferrell made me sadder or more sad. Well, yeah, he wasn't good in that show at all. Especially <laughs> wanders back in after hitting his head. <laughs> he just doesn't make sense at all. And he's still in his hospital gown. He's got his IV jutting out his arm. He's like, sir, ter, ever. And no one, they're like, we'll take him back to the hospital. Yeah, of course it makes you sad. Oh, I just, I was expecting more, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm a super big Will Ferrell fan. I just wanted like, I don't know. I feel like he let me down somehow. Maybe it's my, my, you know, I wanted him to be my manager and he didn't manage me. <laughs> Maybe he's on that level. He just, Will he Ferrell never, letting you like, down. He should That's never hard. be a great man. Mm -hmm. He should always be the ridiculous one. Mm-hmm. Although I did enjoy him playing the straight man in um, the other guys, so I didn't see that. I guess he's capable of it. Oh, it's pretty great. Him and Mark Wahlberg as cops. Oh, I was man. listening to I listened to like a little clip of uh, Paul Rudd talk about Anchorman two today. How they couldn't make it through like two scenes, and because this is Will Ferrell just started doing Will Ferrell things like totally off script, and like they were just like laughing hysterically throughout the whole scene. I can't probably imagine. like the. I mean, that's that's got to be like the every time they shoot everything with any of those guys. 
I can't imagine being being anywhere. Which is funny probably... that we talked about Will Ferrell because the glass I was going to pick tonight was Step Brothers glass. And I, it's oh, you didn't do it? What'd you What'd you grab? What would you grab? What'd oh, you I got my uh, I got my, my one of my new ones from Miguel uh, Miguel Dreddy. It's a it's a Hupkitu. So it's a little Lakitu here on like a spiny tumbler style glasses. There's like little glass like spinies on it. It's awesome. Uh, I've, I've not seen a glass like that before. And he's, he's just throwing out some fire down there in uh, Houston, Texas. Very excited to have him uh, you know, provide glasses for me to buy. And also potentially he might be sponsoring our glasses. So, Lena, you might be getting a glass from us here soon. We're trying to give glasses as you know, as a thank you to our guests, and we're having this guy design their glasses for. Well, we give him the logo to the show, and he's going to put on a glass for us, and then hopefully one day he'll design like something cooler and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's so right. dope! I definitely would love one with nubbies on it because I am why we can't have nice things. I drop things for no good reason, just constantly. So it seems like this is designed for an idiot it's, like me. It's crazy. Like it kind of feels uncomfortable at times, but then like, oh, it's actually kind of cool to have like that little, little tactile like. Yeah, I don't know. Especially the more you drink, the more you need that shit. <laughs> That's when I go to solo cups. <laughs> it's gonna start petting this cup. Mm-hmm. It's petting this cup. So what's that taste like? A, a guava, a coconut, and jelly donut? It's strong guava. Strong, strong guava for sure. Um, I can't taste any coconut, but what about jelly donut? What do, how I got donut. You, you got I think donut. it's guava jelly. I think that's what they're going for because the the guava jelly are the same colors in the canning. Um, so I think it's guava jelly. Mm. Definitely, definitely donut on the back, but I don't taste any coconut yet. But it might take me a little bit. I think we need to rim that beer with like chocolate sprinkles or something. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'd like to put some Hershey's just right in it. That would be interesting. Kyle, I'll pass it. I'll kick it over to Kyle now. Sorry. Pass it to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, we're, we're, this is great. Uh, I'm drinking, I had one of these the other day. I actually was going to drink the, um, what should we call it? We just got from uh, Cellar Works, the, the Fruit Whip. Which what? is like a smoothie sour, but uh, I ate a bunch of Chinese before this, and I felt like super full, and I knew that I felt like you feel even gross. So I was like, I'm gonna have an, another IPA instead. But this one's from Thin Man Brewing, a brewery out of Buffalo. It's uh, called uh, Cashmere uh, Double Hopped Bliss. It's a double IPA, like cool little can. I don't know. It was. Where uh, are you getting that Thin Man at? Because that's some that's some good stuff. From Salutes uh, Distributor again, my go-to distributor down the street. I haven't been in a little while because, like you, my fridge is pretty full, and I feel like I have a lot of variety. I don't have any, like, surprise stashes anywhere. Yeah. But I busted yeah. out my first uh, Black Ninja design glass. When I think one of the first glasses I bought off, like, assignment secondhand, the uh, Deadhead Black Ninja design. Oh, you glass. found one? I thought you had a problem getting that one. Nope, found there's it. A, there's a lot of people that look for that one. Uh, they don't put that out for, like, regular retail a lot. And then it doesn't. I got it with a sticker too. Doesn't pop up for secondhand either, so that's a that's a good score. Yeah. So are are either of you familiar with Boulevard beer? Yes, Tank Seven. Yes, that's where Drew. Yeah, Tank Seven's good stuff. Oh, I have I have a Tank Seven. Uh, <laughs> she's gone. And she's gone. She and just left. She's <laughs> gone. Folks, she has left. <laughs> she is gone. <laughs> she has left the building. Oh my goodness. Yeah, uh, so I don't know. I can I can fill in for a little bit here. So yeah, Tank uh, Boulevard is kind of like the big, I guess, the big craft place out of uh, Kansas City that I'm aware of. That's not like Anheuser Busch, uh, and they it, at the very least the Tank Seven makes it this way. There's also I think they also do a saison um, that comes out seasonally. Excuse me. I'm sorry, I'm back. My internet just cracked no itself, and so I switched to my phone's hot spot. <laughs> 
No worries. We have um, we have uh, splice. That's that's why we don't do things live. We can cut it in and look like you never left. Also, you know, we we have done this before. Uh, It's usually my internet that drops out, and uh, there's just you know infinite jokes about my router getting rebooted. So worried about the Chinese being on it, making this impossible. But this is my fluted tank seven glass. That's what you're supposed to serve it in. Yes. Huh. Look at that. Nice little tulip. Uh, That's nice glass. we did a, a partner event at one point at Boulevard Brewing because it's here in KC. Um, and so, oh, nice. branded Boulevard glass, like your glass, my glass. I maybe grabbed more than one of these. I was supposed to that one. You got Cisco uh, branded swag on a beer glass. On a Boulevard beer glass. That's going to be pretty unique. I wonder what the secondary is on that. <laughs> Dude, check the forums. Check the forums. <laughs> Hundred dollars shipped. There's probably someone in IT or something that's like, oh, I, I, I buy a whole bunch of Cisco shit. I'd love to have that glass. Like, no, you can't just because you buy their stuff. Yeah, that's stuff. I mean, it couldn't be that expensive to have more of these made, right? Like, I'm keeping the four or five that I have, but I need some more. For I mean, it could. Is that? It looks etched. It looks like it's like that nice little like laser etched style. Yeah, it's a nice glass. So. You can't just print that. No, that takes a little effort. Yeah. You can actually put that in the dishwasher. <laughs> you can put that in the dishwasher. And As opposed to hand wash or cold water wash. Ugh. Oh. I, I have a Yeti problem. So I have not only a lot of Yeti mugs, but I also have some that I had um, powder coated on Etsy with glitter because they're just extra as fuck. And sometimes apparently so am I. I cannot put them in the dishwasher <laughs> for the glitter like powder coating will like do oh no they were expensive and i have to get but whatever oh no i'm good i think my did you you ever glitter bomb your dishes that'd be awful oh my god glitter is oh glitter is the well if you like yetis you gotta get one of these things and i found this from david with these brewmates you can put like a can in them and it keeps it's like a thermos for your can i think i don't think Oh, do you? Yeah, I, I thought yeah. I saw. I thought I saw one in my fridge downstairs after I bought this, like in my basement. I'm like, oh, I didn't need to get one of these. I already had one. Wait, wait, wait! Your your koozie was in the fridge. No, no, it was on top of the fridge. Oh, okay. It's gonna say because it was keeping something extra cold. Then I keep it extra, extra <laughs> cold. <laughs> <laughs> So let's uh, let's uh, you know when we're chatting about like things you know, bring up and these are a few things I actually don't know about so I'd love to hear more about them like the Veterans Community Project or the Last Mile. Uh, yes. Tell us about them. Uh, yeah. So the, Veter- the Veterans Community Project um, that was started here locally in Kansas City, although they're now starting to expand nationwide. Um, and really, uh, it was my connection to them was born of my obsession with Patrick Mahomes um, as any rational Kansas City fan uh, is and a news article came out about him going out to Veterans Community Project and helping them build tiny homes kind of like Habitat for Humanity but I clicked on a link in the article and started to read a little bit and the concept was basically that 
Um, they feel like there is a portion of the vet community that is underserved by the government once they're discharged from the military. Um, they listed for me a myriad of reasons that you would um, potentially not be eligible for your continuing benefits once you've served your country, um, whether it's because you're in the Coast Guard and that's just not a thing and you don't get benefits, or um, there's, there are discharge reasons that you would no longer get your benefits, even if your time serving has you know permanently affected your life uh, in, in some way, whether it's psychological or, or um, financial or what have you. So they felt like they needed to catch you know the vets that fall between the cracks. Uh, particularly the ones that end up homeless, um, which many of them do. So all of the people who founded this were former vets who like had gone out into the world and gotten, um, you know, good jobs. They were lawyers and, you know, finance guys and, and, and doctors and whatever. And so they formed this organization where they make sure that um, homeless vets are not on the streets. They built uh, the the thing that gets the most attention because it's the most visual part of what they do um, is the tiny homes project. So they've built all these tiny homes that are really nice. They give me a tour of one, a brand new, um, and they just they get people off the street. And then the services they provide beyond that are incredible. They um, help with job searches. Um, they provide dental services. They have a laundromat. I mean, they just they really take care of people from start to finish. And so I just reached out to them and I said, hey, I work for Cisco Systems. Um, I'm a local Kansas Cityan. Like, what can we do to help? What do you guys need? And so I went out there and, and they kind of gave me the song and dance um, about what their organization was about. And um, they said, we need Wi-Fi. <laughs> we have Whoa. Our Wi-Fi sucks so oh. hard. Like our Wi-Fi, it was just, I mean, they're, they're a bunch of like legit vets, but none of them had IT experience. So they had just like gone out to Best Buy and bought, you know, a Wi-Fi router, and and that was the extent of what they had. So the tiny homes were um, all siphoning off of a single like 4G LTE hotspot, um, and they had no control over anything uh, from an administrative point of view. And there's a subdivision, or a, that's probably not the right way to put it. There's an apartment complex that's right behind where the tiny homes are um, that you know, people would like trade the Wi-Fi password for a beer. I mean, they just, they wanted more control over how the Wi-Fi worked um, and who could access it and what they could do. And I said, of course we can do that. And of course we can, you know, it, we've got piles of old gray market gear that we've, you know, convinced customers to turn in um, that, you know, are, are out of date or no longer supported. I'm like, I, I can for sure get you the gear. My concern is, you know, not having IT folks on staff the ongoing maintenance and support of that. So um, we engaged with a local um, partner, Converge One. They were AOS at Alexander Open Systems at the time, but they've been acquired by Converge One. And so they're gonna provide ongoing support um, and IT for their Wi-Fi network. But uh, yeah, we got them some, some free gear um, to get Wi-Fi stood up. They are now expanding hugely, um, but yeah, I was excited to be part of it, uh, even in a small way. Um, I also suggested that we maybe go back and do like a monthly, like basics of IT, you know, uh, mentoring program. Oh, that's uh, a cool idea. Yeah. Well, Cisco has a program already for like taking in vets and tutoring them in um, engineering and like getting them internships and sending them out into the world. Um, but, you know, my experience with it is that it's like one or two at a time. Like it's not as, as uh, wide reaching as I, I would love. I mean, obviously we, we do a lot, but um, the other great thing about Cisco is they actually have a program internally where I can take time to go work with organizations like this and it's, it's paid time off um, and they will actually match. So whatever I make, if they break it down hourly, how many hours I spend at that organization, they get a check for, for what my time is worth plus my time. 
um, and I don't have to take a vacation to go do it. So um, yeah, it's it's pretty great. I, I'm, I have been happy to work with them. Um, I think their visibility in the community has really um, skyrocketed, particularly now that they're expanding nationwide. So um, they're a really great group of guys and I believe strongly in what they do. And so that's Veterans Community Project. How long have you been doing that? Um, you know, I reached out to them on the Wi-Fi thing about a year ago. Um, so I'm, I'm still pretty new to them in the grand scheme of things. They've been around a little bit. Yeah. So, but, but they've been around in the community a long time. That's good. You said they're now expanding nationwide to like other yep. cities and stuff now. That's great. Yeah. They're I'm building. Sure, I'm, a, I'm, assume, I'm assuming there's like things like this in other cities, but it'd be great to see like some company like this or organization or, you know, 403B nonprofit, like really expand to other cities to do this exact same things. Cause there's definitely a need for it in all the cities. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And the, so the last mile is the second organization that, um, that you mentioned. And um, that one I just got involved with probably January of this year. Um, so the last mile is essentially, uh, it started at San Quentin prison um, and it has expanded elsewhere. Um, but the general concept is they want to break the cycle of incarceration and instead of spending tax dollars for people to like the recidivism rate, recidivism rate, I'm sorry, um, is, is pretty high. So typically um, the statistics are, are kind of obnoxious. Like if you get incarcerated, you're like 75% likely to get incarcerated again. The last mile has a, uh, a 0% recidivism rate. So not a single person that has graduated their program has ended up back in prison. Um, and so they teach them, you know, IT skills, business skills. They um, help them conceptualize a, a small business they might want to start. Um, and they provide mentorships and textbooks and class curriculums. And they literally inside of prison, um, they really only the limitation is they, they can't, uh, another curriculum can involve speaking out to the internet. Uh, but otherwise um, they get this really great free education. And, and so when they graduate, um, they've worked so hard, you know, typically to get to where they are to graduate the program. Uh, but then the last mile takes them a step further by um, partnerships with tech companies that are willing to maybe overlook uh, a checkered legal pass. Um, and so far, all the testimonials I've seen from those tech companies have been glowing about how hardworking the graduates of that program happen to be. And, um, and it makes sense to me. So I reached out to them and just said, hey, how can I help? And um, they have a program at uh, Topeka Correctional, which is about a 50 minute drive from me. It's um, Topeka, Kansas. And so I went out there and talked to a group of women about cybersecurity, about what I do for a living, um, about what kinds of things you can do and the different types of jobs there are. And, and I did say, I think, you know, given how, I don't know, unique our industry is, I think there are a lot of companies out there that would be more likely than a typical IT job to maybe overlook, um, you know, something that had happened in the past based purely on what the skills that you are have now and what you bring to the table right now. So um, they were really excited about that. And I actually took up a collection at Cisco, the guys at Cisco Talos, fabulously um, as just amazing human beings, actually between them, um, coughed up just boxes and boxes of old um, textbooks that they weren't using and shipped them to me. And of course, as soon as they came in the mail, COVID hit and the office shut down. So they were held hostage in the Kansas City um, Cisco office for a while, but I did get them back. Um, but now I can't go into the prison and deliver them, but I hope to be able to do that soon. Um, and I told them I'd be happy to come back on a regular basis and talk to them about cybersecurity. So the last mile is uh, something that I think is really great as well. So how, how did you find out about the last mile project? <sighs> what, what got you into that? Something I saw online. Um, it was either a news story or a 
you know, like a video or something. Just some on. random thing that pops into your Twitter timeline. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's actually sounds like a really good thing for, you know, humanity. Yeah, exactly. That's in it. <laughs> I wonder if there's more like again one of those situations where like I find that a unique program and like something I would want to be a part of as you know uh, as well because the only other time I ever heard of something is when I was in undergrad I had a professor in a criminal justice class organized crime he was like he was undercover state trooper that went like organized crime but he talked about how he would go to local uh, prisons to like teach and like wanted like what would we think about that that you know giving education and stuff that was it and that's the last time I've actually heard. I guess the thing is you don't think about it because you're so busy with whatever else is going on. But there's all these other opportunities to do things that it makes me feel like a shitty human being when I'm like, I haven't done anything. It's hard, right? Because like, you're like, well, how do, how do you know what to do? Like, it's just you either have to go looking for something that's like, you know, I don't know. The, that the, the last mile program seems like super like just in the weeds, like very niche. Like that has to just like pop in and just you get the idea to go and do that, but I don't know. How do you, how do you just find that stuff, man? I like to just give extra money to wait staff. I don't, I don't know what else to do right now. <laughs> you can do both and all the things. No, I, I thought it was <laughs> an incredible way for them to tackle the problem. Like, you know, we all sit around and lament the tax dollars, you know, some $50 billion is spent on prisons um, for state and federal institutions annually, like every year, it's just so much money. And we, we create the situation where, okay, fine, you made a mistake, and now you can't get a good job for the rest of your life. Like, of course, you're going to end up back in prison. Um, and so the idea, you know, we, we, we bitch and moan on one hand about the talent shortage in cybersecurity and how we don't have enough people and there's all these open jobs and we just need trained people. And who's better than someone that has everything to lose, that wants to have their life back, um, who has time sitting around in prison to, you know, study and learn and grow, you know, of course, uh, you know, they're going to be a good employee when they get out. So I just think it's incredible. And I think it's a, a unique way to attack a, what seemed like a, a daunting, insurmountable challenge, which is how, you know, what do you do with these prison populations after they get out? And um, I looked it up. It's 55% is, is the rate of uh, recidivism. Um, so the likelihood that you're going to go back to prison is better than 50-50. I mean, that's not good. I mean, it's barely 50-50, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, and, and and the last mile has a zero percent recidivism rate. So that's, literally, everyone that's been through their program has never gone back. As long as it's not like robots, I'm all for it. Let's especially you know <laughs> people that right. need that second chance and and just you know need an opportunity to you know. Uh, I think people should get a second chance. More we, than we all get number. second chances every now and then, right? It's like mm-hmm. you, they you know, and it, it could have been the stupidest thing they did and got in trouble for, and they get a felony slapped on it, the record, and it's like. Yeah, but at the end of the day, they're not really a bad person, right? They go through the program. Why can't yeah, they have a, just as good job as I I do? You know, you almost fell. But yeah, my chair popped. I'm sorry. I, I locked my chair so that I'm not like – Having a serious just... moment, and you almost fall out of your chair. <laughs> sorry, that's the story of my life right now. No, you're good. And I, I did reach out to them and ask, you know, what would it take to like help you build a security specific program? Because they don't really have one currently. Um, awesome. they, they focus on coding a lot, which makes sense. I mean, it's sure. useful in so many different fields. I mean, that checks out. But, um, you know, of course, me being a selfish snob, I'm like, oh, we need people in security. Let's talk about security. Um, and so I actually ended up up in the organization high enough that I found out that Cisco was already working with them on building a cybersecurity education initiative. Um, but, you know, of course, I worked for such a huge 
company. I <laughs> that doesn't mean I have any idea who they're talking to on my side of the fence, but they were like, oh, we're already working on that, sister. Sit down. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so is this something that's only located and is this our nationwide program? It is. Yeah, it's a nationwide program. So they have um, location like 20, 23 or 24 classrooms across six states. Um, and they've been around for like 10 ish years. So yeah, they're, they're expanding. I mean, there's been, uh, obviously, um, when I talked to them, they said there are requests to just keep growing like crazy. And, and their challenge is finding uh, qualified teachers, just like it's part of our challenge in cybersecurity, right, is to find qualified instructors who can teach cybersecurity classes who aren't already like just making gangbusters money and, you know, working for themselves in the cybersecurity world. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, that's the only reason they haven't grown faster than they have. I'm guessing it's because they also like want the vol- teachers to volunteer, probably, right? Because they probably don't have a lot of money to throw at them, right? I think they pay the. I think they pay the teacher. I don't know, you know, oh, if they? they pay well, but I, I think they're employees of the nonprofit. I'm, I'm Interesting. Sure. I have to look into that too. They're, I mean, they're not. They're not exclusively like trying to train cybersecurity professionals for the future, right? That's just your, no, no, no. your that was piece me, of the pie. Okay, yes, cool. That was me suggesting to them like, oh, if you want them to to pursue something that is really um, widely needed um, and is not going to go away anytime soon, like that's what I would suggest. But their, their core program focuses on um, coding and they teach them, you know, various languages over multiple semesters, uh, multiple years. But that's their their big focus right now is coding and um, like entrepreneurship. So they basically get to like cook up their own business, and then they kind of coach them through what it would take to start that up. And well, that's what, pretty awesome. Because that sounds better than going back to jail. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. I mean, they teach them HTML, like CSS, Java. Um, and then uh, that on the web dev side, and then I know they do some uh, Merm development as well. So they do like Node, React, MongoDB, um, they do some API stuff. So um, it's not, I mean, it, it's legit. I just, my selfish. That sounds legit. Yeah, just me looking at it from the outside. I'm like, oh, well, you guys can already, you've already done this. Like, just take it one step further and make it, you know, right. create a security program. You're talking about security, like for, for Cisco, like what's, what's like your interest area for security? Like what, yeah. what, what nerds you out here that uh, you want to, you know, push on, push on another population? Um, no, I end up, most <laughs> of my conversations, no, you're fine. Most <laughs> of my conversations are, um, are very architectural in nature. I end up looking at a lot of like Visio diagrams and talking about, okay, what about this threat vector? How do you have this covered? Um, you know, I have a, a interest in moving from this into incident response. I took a couple of SANS forensics courses uh, this summer. I need to sit for the exams like soon. That's how I know Brandon actually. Um, you're, you're, you're also a SANS believer. You know, work, uh, thankfully work has a program, uh, like a partnership with SANS. So it was something that I didn't have to like worry about, you know, is it worth the cost or not worth the cost and have that argument with myself. Um, and so- Thank God. <laughs> Something I was curious about was forensics, and um, I had a conversation with um, Matt Wachinski, who is the senior vice president of Talos. He's actually uh, from Kansas City, who was kind enough um, to take just a couple of minutes to talk to me and about my future career goals, because someone above my head on, on my side of the fence um, heard me talking at dinner one night about how in a perfect world, I would love to work for Talos. And so we got on the phone and, um, you know, I basically said like, my big challenge is how do I get from here to there? Like I work a lot on, you know, architecture, um, and, and talking about, um, you know, network firewalls and endpoint clients and that kind of stuff. How do I get from here? You guys all seem super brilliant and and genius level self-taught. Like, I don't know how to replicate that myself. And he basically said like, 
okay, but we're all old. And the reason that we were self-taught is because that was the only way that you could learn when we were coming up in the industry. And now there are classes you can just go take to learn like what we had to teach ourselves. Um, and so that's kind of what sent me down the sands track was I said, okay, well, what's in between me and, and you? Like, how do I get I feel like it's point A to point, you know, X at this point, not A to B or A to C. <laughs> I was like, what's in the middle? And, and he basically said, well, incident response would be a logical um, hop in between, um, you know, seeing attacker techniques live and in person and, and doing forensic investigation. So um, I kind of talked to some of the Talos IR guys and asked them like, all right, well, if I were really interested in doing this down the road, you know, what certifications you guys look for? What, what, of the classes that are out there, should I be worried about? And they spit out real quickly, um, Windows Forensics and um, Network Forensics. So, you know, given that SANS has two of those classes and work has a partnership that would allow me to take them, <laughs> that's what led me to that. Yeah. Thank goodness those work programs exist because that's that stuff's not cheap. Nope. But, but also that career path that uh, the individual like laid out for you. I've never had something that ex- extensive or anybody oh. ever do that for me. Ever. I don't know. And we've talked about that in the podcast before. I mean, this this just like it keeps coming up, just people having to be self-taught at some point where you're just like, Yeah, I totally want to do something else, but uh I don't know. Well, I, I do that. I have to Yeah, I'm just so I'm just gonna go do it and I'm gonna be self-motivated and I'm just gonna go get it. Right, which is so, I'm sorry, it just seems so insurmountable to me. Like and, yes. and I admitted I, that. That's how I feel too, yeah. I was just like, you guys just seem like on a whole different plane of existence and I don't know how to get there, but I want to. <laughs> Even so, when you do it, you're going to have imposter syndrome. Like it just happens. Yeah, sure. It just, it, it's going to follow you everywhere, no matter what. <laughs> I, I was, one thing I've learned over the years is that our industry is just so nuanced and spread out and, um, you know, to a certain degree siloed that no one person knows all of the domains, right? So like I'll have imposter syndrome about all the things, but then I'll get a conversation with like a pen tester and they couldn't tell you, a, you know, a, a next gen firewall from, from a hole in the ground because it's just not, it's just not in there. Like why? Um, and so that made me feel a little bit better. Like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I'll talk to an OT security person that deals with like hacking PLCs and HMIs all day. And I think that's fascinating. But then like, we want to talk about malware on endpoints and they're just <laughs> what? So yeah, um, <laughs> yep. that makes me feel better a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing also where you, where you, when you have a team, you have to be able to, you know, figure out where everyone's strengths and weaknesses are and, and pull the people along that, you know, are interested in learning that sort of thing. And you just spread the knowledge out instead of just keeping it to yourself and keeping that silo artificially existing like you it doesn't have to be that way like we can all like be smart about something you don't have to be the master of all trades you know yeah surface knowledge everyone needs like a little bit of surface knowledge everything just share it's 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 nice to have that concrete path that like the the you you know you said like they have laid out like hey take these couple classes and i'll help you at least start like there's a lot of stuff you like want to jump into like oh go to this and it's like okay go to this blog i'll list all the things that you need to look at and it's like you know 50 different items and i was like well i'm not trying to be an expert overnight right but like where can i start right yeah. it's nice to have at least a starting point of those classes Great. and then at least another person said they enjoy the sans classes because you know every time you hear about them like oh it's so expensive but when you have the work paying for it and you know partner i think the partnership is where it comes into play though partnership helps yeah, and I've had several people suggest to me, and um, you know, like in this, it, it was interesting posting to Twitter about like being excited about SANS classes and watching like the, you know, cost barrier uh, argument happen in, in the comments. Oh, yeah, but, I can't even um, imagine. 
people just can't let you just be happy about something. We have to be like, oh, well, look at me. it's so expensive. I can't like, okay, I get it. Like that's, that's, that's some here to like pee in my pool. Like, why is that? <laughs> why is that required? And then during that conversation, I just found out that there's apparently a way to get it done for really, really, really cheap, which is to be a teaching assistant for the SANS class. Several people said, like, if you're the TA for the week, you pay, like, a fraction of what the class costs. Oh, yeah? Everybody else. Yeah, see? You didn't know that either. So no. I didn't know that. that came up in the comments. So if there's SANS classes you want to take, apparently you can sign up as a TA and you sit through the same class I sit through, but for a fraction of the expense. And all you really do is, like, tell people to fill out the survey. At the end hey, of the day, can you, like hey, hey, why is my VM not working? I don't right, know. Let exactly. me get your new thumb drive. <laughs> <laughs> Must be FAT32. Exactly. You try, turn it on, and turn it off again. <laughs> Did you type in <laughs> admin? It's the password, too. Yes, yes. See, I'd say I didn't know that either. But, I mean, that's another thing you mentioned. It's like, it's it's hard sometimes to, like, when you go to tweet out something, you're like, uh, is someone going to like, get really butthurt about what I'm saying here? Because, like, maybe this is something I feel. And, like, I'm not talking about something that's very controversial, but, like, just a, a fleeing oh. thought, right? And you're just like, oh. Not even a fleeting thought. If I'm excited about anything, someone will show up in the comments to shit on me. Someone. Inevitably. And I've had people say, like, oh, it's because you're a woman. And, and that and may be the case. I've seen it happen with dudes, too. But, um, like, I can't post about, I cannot post about something technical without 10 people showing up to explain to me how that works. Like, I've <laughs> well, been in well let me tell you how that works. <laughs> That's actually called com- commenting. <laughs> No, it's awful. It really is awful. Like, especially I can't even imagine having like, like, you know, what, I'm just going to estimate like a hundred thousand followers and, you know, oh, no. <laughs> having, I, having I to just be, you know, imagine posting your thoughts out there for that many people to read. And like, you know, you're going to get somebody you're throwing the, you, you just un, unsafely chumming the waters and it's, you know, you're just doing it because that's what you want to do. And here comes Kyle. <laughs> I got How dare you say today. you like dogs? I only hey. like cats. Hey, yeah. you puppies aren't that cute. That's about the only thing people don't shit on is dogs and most of the time food. I'll still like I'll post a food thing and people will be like, well, you should have used this instead of that. Like, oh, you were hammering some good food look good looking food stuff there like the last couple of days. Thank you, thank you. Why didn't you you slide into the comments? Because I can't cook, man. I can use a grill. I can cook like chicken and burgers and hot dogs and steaks. That's that's it. It's one way to do it. You just put it on the fire. Pinterest, my friend. Just just pin something that looks delicious and follow the directions. You're not an idiot. You can figure it out. I beg to differ. (laughs) Well, he has to read. He can't read. read. He can't read. read. like measure stuff and do math you're right i'm sorry i was oh yeah thank you <laughs> we've just met however in the course of our our future relationship you'll come to know that reading is reading is a a very difficult skill i have to send him stuff a couple times i'm like did you see that he goes no i, I read it he's like i just didn't reply to the fact that i read it i'm like thanks they make, it's okay they make cooking videos you can watch a cooking show you don't have to read oh you know what i watched the how to tie a tie video like at least six times when i'm tying a tie that's you know that's right out of you know did you watch uh my uncle roger successes dude i fucking love uncle roger you uncle guys like roger uh, as you know, the bbc person does uh make some rice shrimp fried rice 
no MSG or MSG. Oh, he's awesome. You got to watch it. Yeah, you got to watch that one. It's pretty. Uh-huh. I know how to tie a tie, but only because I worked uh, a job waiting tables at uh, Kauffman Stadium, which is where the Royals play when I was in high school. And I had to wear a baseball tie every day. Um, what? Work, What's so a baseball tie? tie? It's a tie that has like three to three it. in extra innings or what? I <laughs> 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 got her. I was like, wait yeah. a minute. This is... It's going to sound like I'm hanging up, but. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Toby. God damn it, Toby. Why are you? I hate you. you I hate hate everything about who you choose to be. (laughs) Sorry. So what is a baseball tie? Like, do you have like, it's like a bow tie, a long tie? (laughs) No, yeah, it was a long tie. Double Windsor, single Windsor. What what kind Uh, of Nazi tie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I I went to college and I waited tables at Zito's. And so I had to wear a tie every day to that job too. Um, So yeah, I got pretty good at it. You know the four in hand, which is like the real like crappy looking one, right? Where you just like you loop it around and then you slam it back down in the tie yep. hole. They call it the tie hole in the video. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on my my Twitter's tomorrow. Actually, I'll probably do it tonight. Let's slam it in, in the tie hole. Bad. Yeah, put it in the tie hole. It's <laughs> awful. I have to watch it every single time, and I have to watch it like three or four times because I still don't know what I'm doing. Thirty six. Maybe your sex tape. Boom. Um, sorry. <laughs> I still don't know what I'm doing. That's part no two. <laughs> that's part two. Yeah, part two. That's the sequel. God, God, what? Oh, <laughs> Boy, we've really just kind of fallen off the track here. I'm sorry. I'm. Can uh, you talk uh, some I'm shit well, on Canada while we're here. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I yeah, no, that was so good. Oh Canadian my gosh. So how so, long have you been at Cisco? How about that? Yeah, how about I go, go there? Yeah, uh, I've been at Cisco about six and a half years. Um, I've been at InfoSec about 11. So I've worked for little startup companies. Uh, I worked for a tiny startup company called Phone Factor. Um, they did two-factor authentication that was using the phone like way back in 2011 timeframe um, when everyone was still carrying RSA hardware tokens and we were 100% out of band, which was pretty dope like from a potentially compromised browser or um, endpoint perspective because you replied so you got the text and you replied to the text. You didn't take a one-time passcode and type it into a potentially compromised system. Oh, that's awesome. Dope. So we got um, acquired by Microsoft and uh, I spent about a year with Microsoft post-acquisition. And then they decided that they were going to make our solution free. Um, they bought us to get more people to sign up for and trust Azure because this was back in the early, early, early cloud days where everybody was like, I'm not knowing that. That seems unsafe. Um, and so that was the whole reason they bought us. Um, and then they quit our free. So like, why keep keep paying us? Um, but I'm glad because that's how I ended up at Cisco. Um, before that, I worked for a partner. So I worked uh, for a company called Fishnet Security that is now um, Optive Security. But uh, that was my first security job. It's 11 years ago at Fishnet. So what was what was Optiv? What what did you do at Optiv? Uh, so Fishnet Security. When I first started there, before they like, so it's not that they got acquired by Optiv. Uh, Optiv is is Fishnet and Acuvant like mashed together into one company. Um, the majority holder in both of those companies um, kind of just said, "Oh, you guys, you know, overlap a lot. And we own you both, so we're going to make you one company and call you Optiv now." Um, But uh, Fishnet, my very first job was on the cold calling lead generation team. So I called, I know, I had to call 100 CISOs a day and try to get them not hang up on me. 
Um, so I learned a lot about like what they actually care about because that was the only thing that could get them to not hang up on me. So I started like figuring out what compliance requirements were sort of new and uh, de jour and then started deliberately calling. Like when Siege's compliance first came out, I just started, you know, straight up cold calling like police uh, stations to get a hold of whoever their IT guy was to talk about their Siege's compliance and try to get them to you know, hand them off to another person, a more senior person at Fishnet to, to sell them like RSA tokens or VPNs, you know, solutions or whatever. Um, and then I was sort of aghast that our whole uh, marketing strategy is a fairly small um, security boutique reseller was only in-person events. They were very traditional in that way. Um, so they would do like, you know, events where they would bring everybody to a hotel and, uh, you know, partners would show up and give talks and that, that was how they marketed themselves. And so I was like, hey, guys, you, you, you know, like when you search for us, we don't even pop up in organic search results. There's this other you know, way to show up in search results when people look for security companies called, um, you know, SEM, um, uh, search engine marketing. And so that wasn't really a thing. Um, and so I convinced the CEO uh, via an elaborate PowerPoint presentation and some stats I put together to let me um, start marketing us on the internet. Um, that went fairly well. So they transitioned that into marketing um, and they already had like a web design girl who was um, doing some of that stuff. So they just kind of said, you're going to do this now too. And at that point I went to the outside sales force. Um, I specialized in SMB at first. So little bitty companies and then kind of worked my way up. And then, yeah, I left there. Yeah, I went yeah. to a custom yeah. software development shop in um, here in KC called Mersoft um, to kind of help them try to market and sell um, custom software dev services. Um, the only issue I ran into there was because it was a pretty small team um, once they had a project going, like they couldn't really take any other projects for a while. So um, like, what do I do then? Like, fuck me, I guess. So, um, you know, it just became clear that it wasn't tenable long-term. And so um, that was when I went to Phone Factor. So yeah, that was my path. Um, Fishnet to uh, Mersoft to Phone Factor to Microsoft to Cisco. Holy cow. That's a lot. Yeah. I washed dishes. <laughs> Right. Well, I did all that stuff before then. Like, I've sold cell phones. <laughs> I've painted the exterior of houses. I've waited tables. I've bagged groceries. Um, I feel like I've done... I sold insurance, uh, unfortunately, oh, wow. for a while. I sold lawn care services when I was really desperate. I sold appliances at um, Sears. Um, I sold home theater equipment at um, Circuit City and then at Best Buy when I was What, so, what okay. was your top-selling uh, appliance at Sears? Uh, overall, well, so I worked in the department that only sold, um, like ovens and dishwashers and cooktops and that kind of stuff. There was a separate department that sold, you know, refrigerators and a separate department that sold washer dryers and, and that kind of stuff. So in my department, it was, um, you know, we got paid based on profit margins. So I really liked selling people like the high end, um, like $1,400 Bosch dishwashers and, um, the really expensive, like, um, convection ovens and uh, like the um, those cooktops that only interact with magnetic. Um, oh, yeah, induction. Yeah. induction. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. Uh -huh. So like, oh, it doesn't get hot. You can put your hand on it because it only. Uncle Roger does a lot like induction. <laughs> he hates induction. Yeah. I, I mean, it was all a ripoff. Like you had to have special pans and the pans required special care. And it was just like, this is dumb. But, you know, if you <laughs> can convince people of a use case, they'll buy anything. I mean, yes. I think I feel like a cold call in the CISOs sounds pretty interesting. I don't know yeah, it was tough. 
but it was um, it was a hell of a crash course in how the security industry works. That is for damn sure. It's a good idea too to like sit there and kind of comb through the the requirements that were coming up, or like something that was you know um, forced, I guess, like forced adoption. You're like, hey, did you do this thing yet? And they're like, oh, what is that thing? You're like, oh, you need RSA tokens. Yes, exactly. And then I would hand them off to somebody else, and I would get paid, you know, based on having generated a valid lead. Um, and that job, what was great about it was. It was uh, like we would have a daily goal, for instance, and as a team, like once we hit that daily goal, they would send us home paid for the rest of the day. And there was a bar right next door that was between us and the fishnet sock um, that we all went to. So like our goal was to get done as early in the day as possible so that we could just get completely shit housed next door. Um, <laughs> the that was our goal every day. It was pretty fun. I mean, I like that goal. What were you drinking back then? It was probably not like French martinis, right? It was not. <laughs> no. Um, I Zima. Drank, I did yeah, no. Zima. Oh, no, but I <laughs> college. Holy shit. That was some basic shit. Uh, um, I was no, drinking uh, Seagram's. By then I had moved on to the um, gasoline uh, combination of Red Bull vodka. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! What kind of I remember those days where you you think it's great to drink, and then you go try to go to sleep, and you just like your eyes are like hurt and chest is pounding. Is oh no! I was super unhealthy back then, so I would get just completely um, shit housed on Red Bull vodkas, and then I would eat like a giant greasy, horrible for me meal like really late at night, and that would send me to sleep. What's good greasy food in Kansas City? Oh, please. Barbecue, baby. I mean, really, there's... Oh, yeah. I done messed up. I'm sorry. I forget that's like, you know... Yeah, I don't don't think anybody local drinks or or eats barbecue like five days a week or anything. But I mean, if you want to know what we're known for, it would be that. Um, For me, you know, I love Chinese food. I love Mexican food. um, So that usually was what I would turn to. Plus, at the time, I lived in a hipster loft in downtown because that's where the fishnet building was and so i thought i was a super cool kid and there was a really good mexican place right next door so if i was feeling super lazy i would just be like nope we're getting mexican again i know it's been you know we've been doing that last weeks in a row there was also an old-timey diner that's open 24 hours that was both my go-to like 3 a.m i can't see straight i need to eat a burger and some fries um they had like old-timey cook like you could cook top you could taste like 30 years of grease <laughs> it was so good <laughs> um yeah, and but they were also my go-to hungover brunch, um, greasy spoon, you know, cooktop place. And you could order an omelet called the the truck stop. It's a six egg omelet with like hash browns, bacon, just cheese, all for days, like all mixed in. It was just enough yes. for like five people. But um, you know, when you're super hungover, it's it is the name of the game. I'm gonna go home and take a nap. And then did you ever try to sell them an induction cooktop while you were there? <laughs> Oh my God! They were. Did the, you know? They're, they're the kind of and there are several places here in KC barbecue places that are like this, but they're like the only old timey place where they are just not at all concerned with smiling or being friendly. And I love them, and people have loved them for fifty years. They'll straight up scowl at you when you come drunkenly stumbling in the door at two in the morning. Like, what do you want? Like, I don't blame them. Like, the waitress is like in her sixties and is walking there for 40 years and has just seen everything and has no truck with plots she's no patience for your bullshit oh, yeah let's just take your burger order and get you to shut up and go away that sounds like stuff straight out of like hollywood movies like old-timey mm-hmm. like you know the waitress is there at the truck stop diner like what do you want 
<laughs> it is. And like they have the old tiny like um bar stool seating that, you know, like they're looks like came off the grill of an old car and I don't know it it only has room for like 10 people max if you're okay with someone's elbow being in your crotch Um, (laughs) is this still open yeah oh yeah and they have a secondary location that's like a block over but that one's not like (laughs) 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 visit our new location one block away yeah 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 and they're on either side of my favorite arcade bar in Kansas City so arcade bar Yes, like eight, yes, eight my bit. favorite bar in Kansas City is an arcade bar. Uh, it's called Up Down. It's a chain of, like, I think there's a couple in Iowa or Nebraska. Um, it's not the only location, but uh, yeah, I mean, they just are packed ass to elbow with um, awesome old school arcade games. What, do you, what are you playing? What, what's your favorite uh, Jimmy Jam down there? My Jimmy Jam is Mortal Kombat 2. Um, oh, sometimes oh. they swap it out for OG Mortal Kombat or Mortal Kombat 3, but it's been Mortal Kombat 2 for a while. Um, my secondary Jim Jam is um, four-person Pac-Man. If you've never played four-person Pac-Man, it's a tabletop game. Um, and when you eat the pellets, instead of just being able to like eat ghosts, you become giant. You can eat other Pac-Men. So I have um, wished horrible, horrible things on other human beings because of that game um, and said them out loud, particularly if I was just a little bit drunk. So I will apologize. If, like, if I go there, so it's my, my uh, go-to first date spot when I met somebody new because you can tell a lot about a person by how they react to getting their ass kicked by a girl at Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hold uh, on, who's your character? What, who, who, are you, uh, who are you flaying Katana. everybody with? Katana is my, is my go-to because I actually know all of her moves. Um, nice. So it can be really irritating to play against me because like, oh, you back up, I'm going to throw the fan. Or you get close to me, I'm going to fan you into the air where you're helpless and then I uh, punch you right in the dick. So um it's it's a lot of fun but yeah so, it's 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 so, so when you sit down at pac-man you know with one other person and then the other two spots are open what'll happen you know random people will sit down and so i always preface like as i sit down I'm like i'm gonna apologize right now for the things that are about to come out of my mouth because of this <laughs> game because it just gets super animated um and then my probably my third um jimmy jam out there is either um time crisis 2 um, because oh, I used to play that. I fucking love Time Crisis. Solid, yeah. solid. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, and then you know the whole pedal action and the gun. Um, when I'm feeling particularly frisky, I'll turn the gun sideways and come super street. And then um, my my last like super big fan one is the six person X Men side scroller. That's a lot of fun. So I'll play that one as um, Storm or um, if I can. You know, I have my brothers. Looking at, like I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what exactly like a four person tabletop back so like Pac Man like it's flat right so like yeah. it's just just a flat table and then yeah. there's one person on each side. Yep, there's four sets of controls and um, tokens go in, in the end and um, yeah you, you you play like people get award like awards for at the end of the round you play like three rounds and at the end of the round you get like, uh, most Pac Man eaten um, whatever awards and. Like yeah, I get really offensive. They're like, "Oh, of course you're dead." You, you clearly this is how you've been known since college, eating all the Pac-Man decks. Like, I, it's not reasonable, especially the more I drink. Um, but it's fun, and it just we have to come to Casey or maybe if Hacker Summer. Gonna, I was gonna say, man, this here. sounds like a place I need to go. No, like, didn't tomorrow. Beer Park? So Beer Park, I think, had a tabletop Pac-Man too when we were there. Man, I wish Beer Park had something like that. They have a pizza window now. They used to have food trucks that would pull up outside before they had their own pizza window, but their pizza is actually totally legit. Um, they have a mac and cheese pizza. 
And uh, there's nothing better when you're super drunk and you have grand intentions about going out for a nice dinner. And if you're having enough fun, just being like, nah, fuck it, let's get some mac and cheese pizza. It's right over there. <laughs> and let me kick your ass with some more and some background. <laughs> Yo, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. It's like a good way to judge character. Like they can't take right? it. Time for time to take a hike, you know. Hey, and that's happened. That has happened. I don't doubt it. Oh, there's yeah. a there's a lot of pride. Like there's a lot of sore losers in uh, I think our generation, thanks to the coddling we got for trophies. I just feel like if you can't handle me at Mortal Kombat, like y'all don't even know. Like this is just it's the perfect. You can't time. handle me at my best, and you no, will not I, get I, me I, at my worst. Like, so much worse than this. Like if this, <laughs> we are just not meant for each other. Let's just it's sit now and walk away. <laughs> game, get real. Yeah, oh, yeah. Get over yourself. Yeah. Amen. Holy shit. I have Dude, yeah. People are people are terrible. Seems I want to like go to Kansas is. City and play eight bit yeah. video games at a bar and get yelled at. You, I mean, really, you better step up your Mortal Kombat game, otherwise you're going home crying. Oh, I can't play Mortal Kombat. I wasn't allowed when I was a kid, so <laughs> there's no Mortal Kombat. It's just Double Dragon or I can drink. It's amazing. They have the pinball machines. Um, that they swap them out sometimes. They've got Galaga and um, Super Mario, original Super Mario, and um, Space Invaders, and the whole nine. So they like, got that old like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game because I love yes, playing that. Time Hop. Yeah. <laughs> time uh, turtles in time uh, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen i haven't seen they only have one turtle game uh um, game oh. but they do also have um the one that's it's just button mashing it's right next to mortal kombat uh capcom um oh yeah 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 i like playing that one too yeah i can't remember what it's called but i remember just like i love like because it's, it's fun when you're a kid to just like sit there and just like you don't even have to like be good at it you just have to hit the buttons fast right Punch, 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 punch. You just, you know. And then all of a sudden, like a like a thing comes out. Like Cap Shield will just like get flung out. Like, how did I do that? Just start smacking the buttons again. <laughs> she said all that. So um they also have like <laughs> patio games, like they've I'm, got life-size Jenga and Tennis Four and shit, but um right now because of, COVID, because of COVID, they put those away, I think, because they feel like they can't sanitize them or because it encourages people to get super close together outside. I don't know. Yeah, they have, they have the uh, the life size um, uh, Connect Four game too. That's that's like a, a, a hot yard item now. I see lately. Yes. The yes, old Connect Four, just in time for Cuphead. Just in time for Cuphead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine trying to sanitize like old uh, like Jenga blocks. Like, just I have a feeling they must have just been like. You oh, could probably this. dip them in kerosene. Oh God. Just wax Maybe. them. Yeah, just put wax on them. Just put them all on epoxy. <laughs> oh, they also have, when you first walk in the front door, they have a like a projector screen set up and a Nintendo 64, and then there's a list of games on the wall you can go request from behind the bar. But of course, my my jam James jam on that one is Goldeneye. I was gonna say gold. It's gotta be Goldeneye. Did, did when you played Goldeneye uh, when you were you know uh, uh, last year when you were 21? Um, yeah, right. Did you play? Did you have the no odd job role with your friends for yeah. the four player? Yeah, no odd job. That's cheat ass bullshit. It was cheat ass bullshit. <laughs> you can't, that little guy, that little guy's just running around and like you can't shoot him because you open a door and like the guy's shooting you from, you know, half height of, you know, imagine being Jaws when you're playing that game. Yep. Motherfucker's like eight foot tall. We, uh, we actually banned one of our friends in high school growing up from playing with us anymore because he used to run around and proxy mine all the spawn points. 
So once you died once, you were just fucked straight up because every time you would respawn, you would immediately be dead. Um, and he also oh. he was the that always wanted to be odd job too. Fucker. So yeah, he wasn't allowed to play this anymore. <laughs> Uh, but in college, I actually, it was funny. I used to supplement. So I told you I was waiting tables at Zio's. I used to supplement my tips with um, like I, my girlfriends on my um, floor at uh, in the dorms who would bring their boyfriends back to their room. I would bet them 20 bucks at the feet of Michael and I. And then like pretty soon there was a line out the door for people. To, like, Stacking oh, cash. Stacking cash. I'd be like, 20 bucks a game uh and yeah it was pretty nice <laughs> what were the game <laughs> rules would you play one shot like uh license to kill yeah i prefer license to kill um usually i offered up power weapons because people like it but like i preferred pistols in high school we used to for giggles just play a license to kill slappers only oh um, slappers only so <laughs> you start running at each other yeah and that's the other reason you couldn't be odd jobs you couldn't fucking slap that little dude <laughs> you couldn't slap that dude <laughs> you couldn't it's true like it was it was the worst character in the game like you guys had to be like scientists there's like james bond and versus scientists in a slapper fight yep so they have that too uh i also have said many horrible things to people over a super smash brothers game and they've got that as well so i'm mario kart and all that shit so yeah you guys should come to see it'll be fun um let's do that you know mario kart connoisseur these days on the switch are you playing barrio kart uh not yet not yet some barrio kart one of these nights you win Uh, one my my work partner in crime up until recently when i switched jobs was a a guy named brian crocker and we would go out for drinks after our meetings and so he taught me to appreciate a fine reposado for sipping and uh some mexican beer to balance it out you need to try the anejo now i do like anejo yeah yeah, it's I like my wife drinks that and it's like candy. It's yeah. Like, and I don't really like I don't like tequila. And she's like, you gotta try it. I'm like, I don't really like tequila. She's like, just try it. And I'm like, this is like candy. Añejo? Yeah. Añejo means old. Yeah, it's good. Um Reposado is is uh aged in bourbon barrels, so it's it's a little like yeah. um you know, beefier and it's brown. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's good too. It's good too. So how do people get a hold of you? How do you want them to? What's the best? Twitter. I got your Twitter handle. I can put that in the show notes. That. Yeah, my Twitter handle is Dork Phoenix with the O's or zeros. Um, so that is that is my my hacker handle and my gamer tag. So if you want to get your ass kicked from Call of Duty? No, I can't talk shit. I'm I'm not in the grand scheme of things. That's what I'm playing right now. But in the grand scheme of all world players, I am not worth talking shit about in Call of Duty. Um, but that is also. Hit <laughs> you in the gulag. Yes, I actually really like, it's not like Warzone, but I like Plunder. It's a game, sub-game type within Warzone where you respawn. You don't have to wake up in the gulag and fight your way out, and then if you die again, you're fucked, and you have to watch your team and pout. Like, I just lose interest in that immediately. Plunder, you respawn just like normal, um, but it's still a Warzone map. You, the the object is first team to a million dollars. Um, so I get to run around and open loot boxes and make a fun cash to king sound when you do it, and you collect the money, but then you also murder people and take the money off their body, and you want to be a real dick, you can lurk around the um, the cash deposit helipads where you can call in a chopper to deposit your money so that no one can take it from you. So if you just loiter around there and murder people trying to deposit their money like good citizens, um, it's a fun way to giggle your way through a game. Yeah. I play I play Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. That's totally a thing. It's not that different. Like, so PUBG, you know, basically Warzone is if PUBG had a budget. It's just, it's PUBG hosted by call of duty basically 
Nice. The maps aren't quite as ridiculously enormous, but other than that, it's pretty similar. It looks pretty similar. I love that. I love that. It's a direct ripoff for sure. But I every year dutifully say, "Shut up and take my money." Call of Duty. Every year, they've they've taken my money. Every year since like whatever whatever year Infinity Ward first came out with that game, they've just taken my money. Yep, I'm that way with Call of Duty, with Battlefield, with Assassin's Creed. Um, with the new Tomb Raider reboot, really, with Gears of War, it's basically just uh, it doesn't matter what crap they just poop out onto a cartridge. Just shut up and take my money. I'm gonna download. It. I'm gonna play it. I wish I put more time into Call of Duty recently. I'm gonna try to. I just that new one looks good. Like I have it. I bought it, and so it's just I. sitting on I my console, like, man. I, I put know. like two hours in, and I was like, oh, I should play online. I'm like, oh, yeah, but you technically get- played it already. That's that's the thing. Like it's just a reboot. Whoa! Holy cow! There is lightning and thunder over here. I thought I just I thought I just lost my. Pants. I thought someone crashed to your house. No. You should probably change your shorts. Um. So <laughs> yeah, he didn't hear you. That was good. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> no, I guess I just got the way to my pants. Is that, is that is, that's got to be the third the third video, right? Yeah. I crashed my pants. <laughs> no, that was a that was a scary one. That was that was pretty loud. I need an adult. <laughs> well, Le- Lena, I don't want to keep you any longer. I'm gonna have a great time, but I also want to respect your time as well. That was a great time. Um, but thank you for being on. It was a great pleasure meeting you. You don't have to go anywhere else. Stop the recording. You don't have to like hang up right away. But uh, but you can if you want to. <laughs> if you want to, don't. No one ever has, so you'll be like the first person that does. <laughs> oh, pressure. <laughs> Middle fingers up. I'm out. I'm just <laughs> yeah. That's the way to go. I hope you can see this because I'm doing it as hard as hard I can. As I can. I'm doing it as hard as I ever have before. <laughs> yeah. So good. well, you know, thank you. Thank you for taking time out. I know you had a busy schedule today and squeeze you in uh East Coast time. One of the latest pods we've had for sure. So yeah. that's good. But thank you. I'm looking for those early ones. I want like an early day. Can can we get some <laughs> Europeans? So you can start drinking early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of thirsty. But well, yeah, thank like, you. Also, I was like to close out. Uh, what do we usually say? We say uh, stay, stay thirsty. thirsty. That's right. Stay thirsty. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Cheers.